Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. conscious parenting for your partner as a parent with your co-parent because I'm really curious about how that works because um, in my case I think that I have a lot of patience or or my reactivity is really at bay with my baby so far but it's mainly the partner you know because it's a really it's a really crazy experience when two people are trying to parent a child and uh, I always tend to take up the um the strong side. Like I don't feel tired. I don't feel sleepy. I don't feel anything. I can do everything. And if the other person, maybe I'm not validating their emotions, you know? So I'm just curious if conscious parenting is also just an approach towards the children or is it also an approach towards the co-parent? Well, I think it just automatically starts to spill over with every relationship you have. Like if you're, if you are committed to treating your children this way, then you're going to sort of automatic, almost automatically extend some of that grace to your partner. It's definitely been something that's occurred with me. Now, it's not perfect because when you're dealing with your partner, you're dealing with an adult. You're not dealing with someone whose brain isn't still developing. So maybe he doesn't get quite as much grace from me, but <laughs> I will say I think it does extend to that relationship. Is that what you're asking? Am I understanding? Yes. But there's also the challenge of people, of the co-parent being raised very differently. Because here's the thing. There are people who were raised in traditional authoritarian households, which the chair gets swung at them, they, you know, whatever. But they don't see it as having been harmful. They see it as having benefited them. They see it as this is why. I, there was a, actually a video I saw on Instagram. I think it might have been yesterday where this guy this creator, he's very, he's successful. He's been a creator for whatever number of years and he's become successful. He's on TV, he's getting flown out. He does shows and everything. He's like, you know, I'm really struggling here because my kids don't have it as hard as I do. And I didn't want them to have it as hard as I do. I want them to have some ease, but then I'm also like, you know, having it as hard as I did is what made me the way I am. And I'm like, you're the way you are in spite of what you went through. The adversities aren't the things that sort of, you know, I don't find them to have been beneficial to me in any way, but there are people who still sort of carry that mindset, that adversity is what is necessary for children to become good, decent people. So if you have a partner who operates under that premise, who believes that adversity is beneficial to children, it can be really, really hard 
to kind of get them to sort of change their mindset and really conscious parenting, like a mindset shift has to happen for any of this to take hold. Cause you know, you have to be conscious of the ways in which the way you were treated was harmful to you. If you're unwilling to unpack that, you cannot be a conscious parent. And I've been able to do it while still maintaining that I'm, I'm at my mom's house right now. She's watching my kids downstairs. I still maintain a positive relationship with my parents. I still maintain love and respect for them, but I'm also able to hold them accountable for having done things that have made my life incredibly hard <laughs> having BPD. I think when you start to parent is when you also start looking at your own parenting, like how you were parented and you look at how you were parented and you see, is that the way I want to parent? It makes you look harder at your experiences as a child. And I think people, some people decide they're going to do the opposite of how they were raised. Some people feel like, no, this is good for me and they stay with it. But becoming a parent is usually a stressful time. And I think part of that stress is really kind of coming to terms with your own parents. Yeah, for sure. Believe it or not, I would have been one of the ones who was like, I was faint and I'm fine. Okay. <laughs> Big old BPD Lisa who can't even, who cannot maintain a single friendship <laughs> was running around talking about I'm fine. It blows my mind. Some people are able to examine it and say, oh, that wasn't great. I want to not do that. Um, so it really all depends on sort of how your brain, it's, for instance, my response to my upbringing is very different from my brother's response to our upbringing or even my sister's response to our upbringing. We, my brother and I are the only of, ones of my siblings who have kids. And I, I mean, although I've never had like the deep conversation with him, I would venture to guess that he is one of those, like, it was good for me. And I'm going to pass on some of this good for me, tough love to my kids. And I'm of course looking on in horror, but okay. <laughs> so authoritarian parenting is, is a tr it's like tr a traditional parenting where it's because I, you know, I'm the boss, you're the child because I said so. Um, you know, you can be an authoritarian parent who doesn't spank, but are still sort of like you place yourself on a hierarchy um, when it comes to your children. And so they must, you know, obey and, and, you know, strict obedience, that sort of thing. And there are obviously there are degrees of authoritarian parenting. I'm sure it falls on a spectrum, um, but that's what it is versus sort of conscious or gentle parenting, respectful parenting, that all falls under the authoritative umbrella. I sometimes think the authoritarian is the default form of parenting because parenting is really scary. You are responsible for another being. And I always felt the weight of that responsibility and it stressed me out. It gave me a lot of anxiety. So I found myself being authoritarian because I just was like this huge weight was on me and I felt like, well, I'm going to take charge. And if I'm strict and 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 can tell you what to do and when to do it and if you just do it we'll all be okay yeah and it's I sometimes think that that's like a default way and as far as authority I think another reason we maybe just kind of go into that style of parenting this is the only thing I can think of because it does come out 
a lot in my mind is life can be difficult and life um, just like my ancestors used to see it was uh, the world is slippery, right? So we always have to kind of maintain balance. And because the world is slippery, there's a lot of great things in the world and there's a lot of bad things in the world. So even though I was raised by my single mom, I was happily raised by my grandmother. So obviously very different styles. And the one way I can understand my grandma raising me a little bit harder was because you do get scared on how we are going to deal with the world. So for instance, these generations coming up have just wonderful emotional intelligence. But the tough part is sometimes when you're dealing with really emotionally intelligent kids, which they are, sometimes other things are harder to handle. And I think to myself, I need to make my child emotionally intelligent and kind and gentle, but I also need to make her a warrior because the world could be a war. So it's always very conflicting in that sense. And maybe it's because I, I come from two very different uh, parenting styles who parented me at the same time. Well, you know, certainly with with um, Black and Indigenous cultures, it's colonialism has is really at the root of the behavior and the way in which we treat our kids. And so, for instance, for, for people who are descendants of slaves, there is a legitimate fear that comes from the belief that if you don't want Massa or the white man to get your child. What they have is far worse than what you would ever do. And so you operate from a place of fear that if you do not introduce your child to adversity, they will be incapable of handling it in, in life. And I mean, I'm a sample size of one, but I guarantee you there are plenty of folks who will say, ah, you know, like I'm, if, if anything, I feel completely crippled. Well, not completely. I'm a little dramatic, but I do feel that it has fundamentally robbed me from the life that I could have had and should have had because I have to deal with mood swings that can take me out of like being able to be a functioning person every single month. And you're absolutely correct. And I think it does lead to that. Um, just we, we discussed it, you know, generational trauma. Yeah. And it really is an issue that you have to unpack, just like you said. But if you're not ready to unpack it, if you're not ready to say, hey, maybe this wasn't correct, or hey, maybe we're not living in those times anymore. But it is a difficult path out there. So I think it is important that if you are hearing it, you should start at least unpacking it little by little and realizing that a lot of trauma that you have and that we tend to not break the cycle and bring it into our, our children is intergenerational trauma. And until we kind of unpack that, then we can deal with everything else. So you bring up really great points, Lisa. Yeah, and little by little, like you don't have to break or un like I'm one person. These generational curses have been coming through generations. They're not all gonna end with me. Like I'm gonna do my very best. But the reality is you can only do what you can only do. And I could only do what my nervous system can tolerate. And some people's nervous systems cannot go there. Like I have experiences myself where I, like for instance, I could even say when I, I, I was spanked as a kid, I have zero, like my mom, I can take you to the point where I am gonna be spanked and then it's a blank. Then we're on to the second day. I don't remember the action. Like my mind can't take it. The fear was that great. Mm -hmm.